Hello and welcome to Cartridge Cinema Club episode 17. Wow, 17. Uh, my name is Mark Champlin and today I'm joined by Alex Wallace. It only gets worse from here, girls and gays. It is just, it's just downhill. You hear 17 and you're like, holy shit, that's a lot of bad movies that we've watched. And by God, when it's like, welcome to Cartridge Cinema Club episode 139. <laughs> Today we watched an obscure uh, Japanese adaptation uh, direct-to-video of Burger Time, and we're going to be discussing it. What do we watch? This? That would probably that would probably be better than the first Resident Evil movie, two thousand two. Yeah, directed man. By Paul W. S. Anderson. So this is uh, this is definitely one of the worst movies we've uh, we've watched in recent memory, at least in the past few Whoa. weeks. Cards <laughs> on the table. One of the one of the worst. Uh, it's okay. just okay. It's, I respect it. It's okay. It's just so profoundly mediocre. This there are so many ways for a movie to be bad, and this movie is bad in a couple of ways. But it's just not spectacular at anything. There's oh, not at there's all. There's absolutely nothing interesting about it. I mean, well, there are interesting things to talk around it obviously because we're about to talk about it for 45 fucking minutes um but when you're watching it it's <laughs> do our darndest it's just such a fucking slog to get through this thing man uh, so yeah literally halfway through this movie i texted mark and i was just like are we sure that we didn't just watch doom again um, if I'm, I'm not gonna bother to do my plot thing because the plot is doom yeah. if you want to hear the plot you already a lot of you listen to this podcast regularly if you've heard the doom episode just copy paste the plot. It's not on Mars this time. It's an it's underground. Yeah, and it, the there's plot. a there's an underground science research facility. They make a virus that turns people into zombies. Technically, this movie came out first, so Zoo, Doom is the one. But it's just ugh, it's just such a generic fucking plot that it is completely irrelevant. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a bunch of gun guys, and also there's a girl there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, go down to a research yeah. facility and try not to get killed, but systematically each one of them gets killed. Yeah, but it's there like not it's not even as interesting as Doom. Like this is a a big sarcastic air quotes better movie than Doom in that Doom is like aggressively misogynistic, and like all mm-hmm. of the characters are like super super unlikable, and they're just all assholes and you don't want to spend any time with them the trade-off and I'd call the pro- i'd call the production quality better in this movie as well but I, but, I, but I, not by again much. how much does that matter yeah and and but this movie the trade-off yeah this movie yeah. trades <laughs> shitty asshole characters for characters with no personality whatsoever um every single beat of the plot is explained by one character monologuing at another character or in <laughs> rapid fire plot exposition montages in which characters are barraged with memories and you're supposed to just kind of figure out what the fuck is going on. They, they do both um, both amnesia sins that you can pull when you have an amnesia plot, which is, uh, hey, this character forgot everything, so now someone can explain to them slash the audience everything going on in the world which is the first and it's not a sin it's a common trope but it's just they it's it's much better when it's a little more subtle and not literally th- literally the character asking the questions that me and the audience was asking yeah yeah it really is that it really is just like yeah. the characters going down well <laughs> like like when they were writing the script it's like well what information does the audience need all right have this character ask the question that you just asked me <laughs> and they don't show anything it's literally just uh, boss army guy dude explaining to 
the main character uh, Mila Jovovich. Yeah. Uh, because of course it's her. Yeah, and it's not. Um, it has nothing to do with Resident Evil, uh, besides that there is an Umbrella Corporation, and then there is a T virus, and that there are zombies. But there's like no shared characters, um, or no. anything like that. Uh, it shares proper. It shares proper nouns and nothing. And else. that's about it. Yeah. And, and general, there there is a mansion, but the mansion is uh, is coincidental almost the mansion is circumstantial it's uh, the mansion is incidental <laughs> yeah it's that that's the word i'm searching yeah for, yeah um it, it it basically just exists to be a like front for the spooky undergrad lad which is like a cool setup yeah. but it none of it matters and 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 but the real thing about it is just that like it is so fucking visually dull it, it, it is blue and gray and flat yeah. shots and characters you know at three-fourth angles talking to each other and you know i talked about this with doom how doom is just like you know an incredibly flat movie with just a bunch of boring army men standing in front of gray walls um and i remember when when i was in film school um i went to like some fucking networking event uh and there was like a, a director there who was doing the keynote. I don't I don't remember who it was, but he went on for like three hours and parts of it were really interesting. Um, and he talked about how when he was uh, he was working on a TV shoot and you know he had been doing this kind of shit for fucking forever. and you know they they have to shoot this this scene that happens out on this pier. And, you know, they walk a few feet out onto the pier and kind of try to figure out where they're going to shoot. And he's like, yeah, this looks pretty good. Yeah, whatever. We'll 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 shoot it here. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some kid like some production assistant that, you know, is, is working on it, uh, you know, wanders off to the end of the pier at some point and comes back and is like, holy shit, yo, like we got to fucking we got to go shoot out there. The view from out there is incredible. You can see, you know, the whole city. It, it's spectacular. We got to shoot the scene out there. They don't go to the end of the pier in this movie ever. You know, it's all just so uninteresting. There's never any moments where you feel like they are using the medium of film in order to make the story <laughs> more interesting. You know, we talked a lot last yeah, week about like the, very true. the visual themes in Tron, how Tron uses, you know, specific light coloring and specific shapes in the frame in order to sort of you know create Mm -hmm. visual symmetry with the computer scenes there's just nothing like that in this movie and i know that i'm just like dunking on this like shitty b action movie that nobody gives a shit about anymore but like (laughs) you know if i have to sit there for like an hour and 40 minutes and watch you know gray boxes no, it's it's not the tightest ninety minutes. It's, it's really not. It certainly isn't. Um, and and all of this is a fucking shame because the first like five to ten minutes of this movie really make you think that it's actually gonna be kind of good. Yeah, I was thinking that this movie would be like totally all right, like totally. I I thought it would be more than serviceable. I was like, okay, I know it's a horror movie, and like. As lo- and like I know it's going to be jump scares and zombies and shooting and I I knew all that was going to be there, but I thought that with a property like Resident Evil, that it's just such a strong base for you to build something cool with, that I kind of thought that they would be able to do something that was remotely interesting 
and not something that was so so rote and boring and and the jump scare there was only jump scares yeah the but the thing about the first 10 minutes is it really is uh effective i think we both uh agreed that um that like there's 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 some text at the very beginning and it sets up the premise of umbrella corporation being you know an all-powerful uh organization a corporation rather that has products um, in consumer electronics and uh, and um, like healthcare and health. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, and they're inside. They're inside every home, and they're and then it says, "Hey, also their profit model is highly unethical." And you think to yourself, "Cool, I know corporations like this in real life." Yeah, the weird. <laughs> actually, the weird thing is they're like no, nobody, not even most of their employees know that they also make chemical weapons and like yeah. and, and 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 fucking tactical nuclear warheads and shit like that. And, and it's I was like, like, damn, Amazon probably does that shit too. <laughs> and it's well, I, I was more like, damn, no. In real life, people know, and they just kind of try to ignore it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Exactly. It's like pe- people know that like. People, people know. People that, know that like, Raytheon isn't chill. <laughs> you no. know, people um, know that Tesla could be doing a lot of shit that helps the world, and instead they're they're doing their space <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. So, so yeah, and then then it has this like you know kind of like you know serious gruff narrator intro where he talks about the Umbrella Corporation, and then there's this yep. like intro sequence um, that really convinced me that this was going to be like a genuinely good horror movie. Um, that shit was scary. It is scary I, as fuck, dude. I watched it on my lunch break. The the I watched the first twenty minutes on my lunch break, and like I was genuinely like uncomfortable, and like had to like like meditate for a second to like get back into work mode. Yeah, like, it was effective. So so basically, the the intro is like you know there it's a bunch of like laboratory workers and office worker types working in this some kind of facility, and then like the gas starts being released into the room and all the doors start to lock and the the it's the whole building starts to flood and everybody's trying to escape and it's super tight and super claustrophobic and at one point like a group of characters get trapped in an elevator and there's this part where like a woman has to squeeze through these like slightly agape elevator doors and like her face is right up against like the ceiling of the building um and i'm a severely claustrophobic person um and so Mm -hmm. sequences like this are like really really effective uh uh, on me and like you know the elevator like moves down and she's trying to get out and then it like goes up and she like smashes into the ceiling and it cuts and it's super super fucking scary dude it's really really intense and then the next scene after that is Okay, well, uh, it's really astonishing how many fucking movies we've watched in this podcast in which a, like, naked woman appears within the first five to ten minutes. And as soon as I saw the the naked woman here, and I'll let you explain it, but I just, I had this thought of, like, this movie's not going to be sexual, like, at all, but they wanted to be able to, like, throw a naked woman in the trailer. Yeah, just just (laughs) because. And, and, yeah, this movie doesn't really have, uh, like, the... The main female character is just like in a sexy negligee the whole time. She were you can just like see her whole ass fucking thigh the whole movie, and it's just it, mm-hmm. you know it's just it's just it's Paul W S Anderson letting him letting you all know how hot his wife is. That's <laughs> that's all the Resident Evil movies are. Fun um, fact: they actually did not start dating until uh, the end of this movie. Oh, <laughs> that makes it even better and more weird. Um, (laughs) but you know, and then this sequence, like, despite the fact that, you know, her being naked is like lame, um, 
she wakes up in a shower in this big ass mansion. She doesn't know where the fuck she is. She wanders around. She like tries to sort of piece together what's happening, uh, you know, from like the <laughs> ephemera around the room. She opens a drawer and there's a bunch of fucking guns in it, and she kind of freaks out about that. And I do want to say this moment is one of the few moments in the movie that it it lets us as the audience figure out. Oh, she doesn't know who she is. Yeah. She's lost her memory. And it doesn't say where am I or something. Yeah. Instead of a character like explaining to you every <laughs> single thing that happens. Um, yeah. And then and then eventually, you know, this has kind of like been a very like kind of slow paced sequence, and then a bunch of fucking SWAT guys break in through the windows loud rock music starts playing there's a lot of guns and yelling and did you know at that moment that this movie was going to be doomed that was that was when i was like oh they just they just kill all the fucking tension they just kill all of it and then the tension is just sucks the tension is just ruined for the entire movie because they just totally fucking blow their load on like some army dudes breaking in through a window instead of like a spooky moment with a zombie they just it's all gone yeah, it ends and then some bullshit Trent Reznor ass styled music starts playing because it's 2002 and all the tension's gone by then. Yeah, and like it really feels like they have pretensions towards this thing being like a legitimate horror film and then they just get bored like five <laughs> minutes in and just start and then the rest of the movie is just like, you know, loud shouting and people shooting guns at zombies and it's just, yeah, it's disappointing. And also, they to make the lack of tension even worse, they just... There's so many fucking fake jump scares in this movie. There's so mm-hmm. many moments where like a character is walking in a room and it's quiet and then there's like some, you know, some quiet tense music and then there's like a and there's a scary noise and then it oh no, it was just their friend coming up behind them and actually it's fine. Yeah. That happens in like every fucking scene in this movie. And not a single one of them surprised me because I could see them coming like so like easily. Yeah. And they they're so telegraphed. Like there's one part where they're looking into a, a sealed room that had become flooded and this corpse floats up and I'm like, ah, I wonder if the corpse is going to open its eyes. Huh? Look, it opened its yeah, eyes. Oh, there's yeah. A mu- there's <laughs> a loud musical cue when the corpse opened its eyes. I had the Got exact it. same reaction. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so normally at this point in the, uh, in the podcast, we would start talking about the characters, but unfortunately we can't do that because the characters don't have any fucking personality whatsoever. Um, quick, uh, name, name one character's first and last name challenge. Go. Oh, I have a better challenge. Name one of their first names. Go. (laughs) Milo Jovovich's character's name is Alice, I think. And I think... Michelle Rodriguez is called Rain, and I only know that because they say her name like a million times during the last 20 minutes when she's getting killed a lot. That's right. The, okay. Michelle Rodriguez making, I think, her second or possibly her third appearance on the podcast. Um, possibly which, third. Which which leads me to beg the question of, has Michelle Rodriguez ever been good? So what is she in like these days? Why do I know her? I feel like the thing that she's mainly known for is for being in bad movies. And I know yeah, her she's just I know her from being a cop in Lost. I mean she's like a character actor that's almost right. though. Her job that's is right. her job is to play shitty cops, and her character in this movie is a shitty cop. And every other character is a shitty cop, basically. I can just see her as like the bartender on an episode of SVU who's like, Yeah, I seen him. <laughs> <laughs> I seen your guy. He comes in here every Thursday night, complains about his wife. 
Like yeah. that's that's Michelle Rodriguez. Not to uh, sh- shout out to friend of the show Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah, if you're listening, we love we love you. But <laughs> we appreciate you all gotta... of the films that you've appeared in for this podcast. <laughs> she knew, dude. Um, she knew. Yeah, and I do want to like kind of talk about the special effects in this movie a little bit because they're almost good. What? They're pretty bad. They're so bad, dude. <laughs> they're pretty bad. <laughs> what are you talking about? They're not even fun. They're not even fun bad, which is the thing. They're not. There's they're, there's nothing enjoyable about them. There's a really fun, and I think the most fun bad scene in this movie. I can think of two. There's a scene where like a bunch of the soldier characters get trapped in this room, and a bunch of lasers ha- like come like pass <laughs> through the middle of the room and like slice them in half and it does the thing where like they get sliced in half but like nothing happens for a second and then like their body like falls apart and it's like oh no now it's now it's like he was taken apart by a samurai from the katagawa shogunate you know it's that kind of shit (laughs) my first thought was darth maul because that's who i am (laughs) and this is is like the first real sequence of like actual gore in the movie and it's just like these like CG characters like falling apart <laughs> and it just looks so fucking bad and there's like there's like oh man there's like zombie dogs in this movie and the whole time when you're watching the zombie dogs they're just like dogs in like shitty costumes with like some extra uh you know dark knight two-faced cg keeping their faces torn up type shit on them but the whole time i'm just looking yeah. at them i'm just like oh look at those puppies they put them in dumb costumes that's fucking yeah cute. look 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 at those little guys they look so scary yeah. look at them i think the i think the moment where where i truly realized like that this movie was not going to redeem itself was when there's a scene where, like, she gets, like, rushed by a bunch of the zombie dogs, and then she, like, yeah. runs on a wall. This character who has not been established to have any sort of, like, combat training or martial arts uh, prowess whatsoever, like, as runs on a wall. As far as we know, she's a security guard, essentially, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, she's, like, a security and, guard. And she, like, flip kicks a zombie dog in the face. Yeah, yeah, that was it, the moment. It, and this, keep in mind, right before this, she emptied a clip perfect it it perfectly shooting in the head each of the zombie dogs with the perfect amount of bullets also not missing once yeah i think that is like this like like doom sort of has the issue of just like all of the action sequence are just characters with machine guns going like and just firing guns and rapidly at like tons and tons of zombies who are just you know maybe getting hit by bullets it's hard to tell you know it's just dark and sweaty and loud and there's no tension in it and it's just and it just fucking sucks uh we're let's we're gonna talk about this movie and capitalism because (laughs) mark i think you have some hot takes (laughs) i just i i feel like they were i felt like they were almost gonna go for it with the whole capitalism thing um yeah i just so Again, going back to the very beginning of the intro, it was like, it was like unknown to even its employees. This corporation's profit is generated by military tech and viral weaponry. And I was like, oh, okay. So like, so, so the corporation like, is, the, is bad. <laughs> so, so the corporation is bad. And not only that, but like direct results of like reckless 
profiteering from a corporation is going to cause like a like a global yeah. crisis and like which is interesting to me and this is something that a recent doctor who episode <laughs> actually like did and that was exciting for me because doctor who like generally has like sucked like terribly when it comes to social issues and politics for the past like seven years but they have a new director and they did this episode where like this donald trump stand-in uh is a owns like a hotel chain haha because donald trump um but his like reckless pollution causes these giant zombie spiders to infect london and they just you i mean (laughs) you've seen you've seen the seen what they've got up in congress um (laughs) Uh, <laughs> fuck those but are the real spiders it, folks those are the real spiders we hire them to do their jobs and all they do is spin their webs uh but yeah so it's i just thought that was cool and i thought this movie was going to do something similar where i was going to say oh and and i was the characters are going to directly call out this company's greed and reckless need to appease shareholders has caused this horrible crisis and and then no yeah not, and like not, and like vertical like Vertical and horizontal integration specifically, right? Like it's the, it's the, it, yes. it's the fact that like this corporation, not only is it, you know, producing weapons, uh, it's the fact that it's producing weapons and also controls the media industry, also controls, you know, healthcare and things like that. Mm-hmm. Much like. It also produces the cure and is like planning to like sell that as well. Yeah. Much like in real life. <laughs> right. Um, precisely, but yeah. And and they just don't do anything with it. Uh, you know, there's like a government agent character who, uh, you know, is allegedly here to, uh, break up the corporation in, in some, she, he's like gonna, I think the idea is that he's gonna show everyone that they're making zombies and then expose them to the press, but he's mm-hmm. like, but he's like a government agent. So I don't know why exposing them to the press is what his ultimate goal is because that's all he talks about doing. And then this other character who I could not even explain in the plot what the fuck happens to him because his entire backstory is explained through rapid fire flashes of characters remembering things. But he's a bad yep. guy, I guess, and he's gonna he's gonna shoot the government agent. And he basically he tells, uh, you know, uh, Milojovic's character like you know people you know people like this guy they think that they can they can change things, but but nothing ever really changes. You know, you can't, you can't stop this corporation. Um, and he's like kind of right because, you know, the government is not going to stop capitalism for us because obviously the government is, is capitalism and is actively encouraging this kind of thing and is a system that is designed to encourage, you know, corporations to just merge and buy and expand constantly forever. Uh, but he's the bad guy and he's just like a nihilist about the whole thing. And then some other boring shit happens. And I literally could not explain to you the past, like the last like 20 minutes of this movie. Cause it's just a blur in my brain of gray and zombies and none of the interesting yes. plot threads getting to go anywhere. And then the last five minutes is so good. It's so good. Yeah. The, it is the ending. It's such a good setup. The it's, ending, it's, it's, it is it is the rare, extremely rare, very good sequel setup. It's not even just that, though. It's like the fact that, like, okay, so basically the ending is like, 
you know, Milojovic and some dude who doesn't matter. I think it's the government agent. There's so many interchangeable it's white the, men in this movie. It's, it's the guy. It's it's the cop. Yeah, guy. yeah. There's there's so many interchangeable white men in this movie that it is impossible. It was to really hard to keep them. track. Some of them have more square faces than the others. Yeah. That's what I tried to do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, they're the only two that make it out. Michelle Rodriguez gets turned into a zombie. Has to get shot in the face, so she's dead. Um, and then a bunch of like dudes in hazmat suits come in and uh, take the dude away and he's like infected and he's about to mutate and they're like i want him to be part of the nemesis program and then they like shuffle him away and then she gets like taken away by the hazmat guys and then there's this like incredibly disturbing sequence that's really really fucking effective um where she like wakes up in like a hospital facility and she's got like a bunch of fucking like wires on her and she's like trying to uh like she doesn't know where she is. She's, like, in, like, a, a hospital gown. And, like, she's, like, ripping wires out of her skin. And it's, like, the first... It's the first time in the movie where it feels like there was care taken with the way that the cinematography is supposed to make you feel. It's the only time yeah. where, you know, she's disoriented and the movie makes you feel disoriented you know she's Mm -hmm. frightened and the movie makes you feel frightened and confused and scared by you know skewing the camera and you know using shaky cam and using pov shots to like make it feel disorienting and make it feel you know claustrophobic and scary and yeah and and as as it becomes clear that she's like terribly alone like at in this place, like as the camera pans out, as she's like pounding on the the the, the two the the one way mirror, and it's clear there was an investigation room. It pans out slowly, and you see that there's no one in that fucking booth, yeah. and she's like alone. The you as the audience are like hearing her muffled screams and like the beeps of the computers, and it's like, oh shit, like this is she's like fucking alone. Something something happened in yeah. the time between they hooked her up and her waking up, and she like finally breaks out of there stumbles out into the street we see a newspaper announcing that the dead are walking she steals a shotgun from a cop car and then it just slowly pans out to this city where all of the you know like the cars are just strewn all over the road and clearly something horrible happened very very quickly um and then that's the end of the movie and it's, it's a good ending. It's so fucking good. And it's so infuriating because the rest of the movie sucks so fucking bad. <laughs> so a little bit of a fun fact here. Paul W.S. Anderson, uh, he he didn't just the, the direct... The director of the movie, if that wasn't yeah, clear. He, he, yeah, he didn't just direct this movie. Like, he directed, wrote, and produced this movie. Like, this was his baby this was his vision he also did the mortal Kombat movie fun fact Um, jesus but (laughs) a lustrous career this man that was his big break like and it even says that on his wikipedia but (laughs) god imagine that imagine that being your big break imagine the thing that you're really known for doing the thing that everyone was like yeah that was when he really knocked it out of the park is the fucking mortal Kombat movie hey he didn't do the second one so props (laughs) But yeah, he wrote, directed, and produced this movie. And there are moments of brilliance in this movie. And that's what makes it better and worse than Doom at the same time. Because there is no moments of brilliance in... In very few of these movies are there moments of brilliance. 
Uh, but the beginning and the ending of this movie are really wonderful bookends to a completely mediocre 80 minutes of movie. And that's a goddamn shame because this this Paul Anderson dude, I mean, he's he's done a lot of movies and I'm kind of excited to see another one of them because they're, spoiler alert, there's more. There's so many fucking um, Resident Evil movies to get through, dude. I'm I'm wondering if he's going to get better or if it's going to get worse. I hear they if, get increasingly campy and ridiculous, which is maybe what I want because this movie isn't fun campy. You know, this movie isn't fun yeah. bad. It's like no, two, it's th- this movie is like two really nice, uh, like French bread buns with fucking wallpaper paste in between them. <laughs> <laughs> what are we watching next week, Mark? Um, boy, that's a, it's a strong, strong week for metaphors. Um, we're watching Rampage, which is from 2018. It, it is... At, at the time of recording, uh, Evergreen Podcast, uh, the most recent video game movie. Yeah, this was this is uh, this was released in April 2018, uh, which is way too fucking recent for this podcast, as far as I'm concerned. Really, I feel like this 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 podcast is sort of spiritually rooted in the mid 2000s. You know, we we move outside of that space, mm-hmm. but that's that's really our wheelhouse. Um, you this know. is this is definitely like a Bush era podcast. <laughs> yeah. Much like other podcasts. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so uh, The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson himself. Friend is going, of the show. Friend of the show, The Rock, is going to be making another <laughs> show-stopping appearance on the podcast after his appearance in Doom, which was atrocious. Um, but in the time between Doom and Rampage, he had a really, really, really long time and a bunch of really shitty movies to get a little bit less shit at acting. So hopefully Rampage parentheses April 2018 will uh, provide the, uh, you know, whimsical laughs and enjoyment of Rampage, which is a video game about drinking radioactive soda and turning into a big monkey. How do people find the podcast on the internet, Mark? Uh, well, the true fans know that they can hashtag engage with us at Cartridge Cinema on Twitter. Um, you should definitely follow our personals, especially follow mine because I'm in a following war. Um, <laughs> if, with his own uh, wife. With my own wife who, who had the nerve to say, hey, y'all, follow me. I need more followers than this guy because that'd be funny. And she's actually going to do it. Yeah. Which is, She's creeping up on you, man. Because she gains, like, almost enough to get there. Anyway, so follow us at Cartridge Cinema. Follow Alex at Party Time Shuffle. Shuffle spelled S-H-F-F-L. Follow me at Mark underscore Drizzle. Help me win the battle. It's really important to me. (laughs) Cartridge Cinema Nation, come support your boy. (laughs) All my my triple CBs out there. Uh, I, I retract the triple CB thing immediately. Um, Spotify, iTunes, uh, the OG is listening to us on SoundCloud, but we love you either way. Uh, you should the rate the podcast. Is... <laughs> rate us on iTunes. Yeah, right? no one you, does you... that. You should do that because it makes people listen to the podcast more. It'll show up in their recommendations. Fucking, it'll take you five fucking seconds to go give us five stars on iTunes, and it'll make a big ass difference. So you should you should go do that. That's my yeah. That'd be super plug, chill. My plug of... for the day. That'd be super chill of all of you to do that. Uh, the music is by DJ Tin Man. The art is by Courtney Kaufman. Uh, thank you, guys, if you've listened this far or if you stopped as soon as you heard uh, Rock the Dwayne Johnson. 
which is understandable. And uh, for me, it was Tuesday. Tuesday.